Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. All right, two podcasts ago, Logan had a beer. This one, I've got coffee. There you Good go. morning, time for the Chicago preview. Uh, different different vibes, command. right? Yeah, yeah, just a little. Uh, that's Logan Paulson. I'm Craig Hoffman. This is Take Command from Odyssey Sports, part of the Odyssey uh, 2400 Sports Podcast Network. So, Logan, uh, obviously huge game. Uh, coming up on the short week, considering everything that's happened this week, you know, we've seen, uh, even since we recorded yesterday, um, actually, literally, we, we did it, our first ever podcast insert. Uh, I stuck a little yeah, uh, insert in, in the podcast. Yeah, I don't even know if I told you that I did that. But I was like, <laughs> hey, uh, after we got done recording, Ron Rivera apologized for his comments. And to be fair to Ron Rivera, here's the comments. Because I, I loved what he did. I loved how he took ownership. Uh, as I tweeted out, I was like, A plus, no notes. This is how you handle this. Um, right. And he really did like the I'm responsible for this. I messed up, which is something, Just something you wanted to see. Yeah, you wanted yeah to absolutely. See so I, I love that from Ron and, and give him full points, full credit for that. Um, but between that, between the poor play, like this is a huge game. So let's let's get into it uh, as we do every week with the game plan. Let's start with the offenses. That's been the talk of everything. What does Chicago look like defensively, and and how would you attack what they've got? Well, I think the good thing about Chicago is that they're pretty straightforward. You know, I think, um, what are they, 83% of their base defense, so like first and second down traditionally, but that obviously is impacted by personnel and other, other variables as well. They're single high safety, right? So they're running some version of cover three with a little bit of man. They tend to lean cover three, and then when they're not in cover three, they're running cover two. So – that should be very familiar to this staff, right? Again, it's not exactly like Tennessee, which was almost a carbon copy of what Jack Del Rio does. This is even more almost like Seattle. You know, I mean, it's it's so much cover three. It's very rare to see that high of a percentage. And then on third down, it's, you know, 60% uh, kind of middle field closed with a little bit of cover two in there, right? With about 40%, right? Cover two. And I think what do, you, that, what do you mean by middle field close? So middle field close is like when there's just a safety, like imagine you're under under center, you're the quarterback and there's a safety directly in front of you. That mm-hmm. technically means like the field is closed. And then if the field was open, there'd be two safeties and there'd be an opening between gotcha. you so and the either, goal So again, uh, some variation of cover one, cover three, but it might Correct. actually be a junky version of that with blitzes and guys right. dropping places. Gotcha. And But you can tell that they want to, be in coverage i think on that first and second down they're like 80 percent zone you know i mean like they want to be in coverage they want to kind of make you go on long drives they're very 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 much better but don't break and you know based on history like that's what carson seems to do well against you know what i mean he seems to do well against teams that are kind of 
this is who we are. I will say, um, you know, Jaquan Brisker and uh, Eddie Jackson are the safeties, and they do a really good job of disguising cover two, cover three. But there's only there's only two coverages that they run. So usually, if they start and start pre snap and cover two, they're rolling to cover three. And if they start in cover three, they're rolling. You know what I mean? Like it's it, there's right. some tells to what it's they like do. It's like a four year old's version of a disguise. Yes, correct. And so like you know, if they're rolling to cover three, the linebackers are going to be really shifted over so that safety can come down and be in that spot, that kind of extra linebacker spot. So to me. This this that that bodes well, right? They don't have a lot of juice when it comes to pass rush, right? I, I, I let me finish my thought about the safety. So I do I will say that uh, Eddie Jackson is a is a dude who gets around the football quite a bit. Yes, and I think that's one of the things why you play so much zone is because you know he does. I don't think he's the best tackler in the world. I think he makes plays in the run game, but he knows how to bait a quarterback and and intercept the football, right? So I think you're kind of leaning into that skill set. He's got two on the season, but probably should have three. They got a holding – one was a holding call that got brought back. Not on him. And he – excellent tracking the ball. He reminds me a little bit of the dude from Seattle. Um, what was his name? Yeah, the, uh, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, in the sense that he could close a lot of ground, right? So right. Earl Thomas was a much better tackler, way more physical. Like, he's you know, he's a Hall of Fame type player. Right. But you know, like when you watch film of Earl Thomas, like the the field feels so small because right. he's covering so much grass. And there's an right. element of that component to Eddie Jackson, you know, especially when the ball's in the air. You're like, oh, that, he, that ball he is be- your really high level center field safety. Like right. He is the guy that just it's not hash to hash. It's not numbers to numbers. He's sideline to sideline. You know, okay. when he's got cover three deep middle, like he can help out your corner on either side. And it, and it's and I didn't really give him that kind of credit, but it was impressive to watch him do that. And then I will say also he struggles in run fits. Like he's not good in that department. Like if you watch and again, you know, watch the San Francisco game. San Francisco kind of picked on him a little bit from a, a run from a tackling standpoint and just how to how to fit the runs. And you know, we talked about San Francisco a ton. They do a great job scheming that up, but a lot of misfits there and a lot of missed tackles against New York. You know what I mean? It just He's a, he's a fine tackler, but he doesn't. You can tell he's not about that life, you know. It's not but his he, forte. It's not what right. he wants to. Do. <clears throat> so, in some ways, that to me says you want to stay out of third and long, obvious passing situations as much as possible, and you want to kind of manipulate him as best you can because he's he's a pretty special football player when that ball's in the air. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, linebacker level is is where probably their best player is, uh, yeah. at least like. In terms of notoriety around the league, you might say, no, I really like this guy and I trust your judgment on that. But Roquan Smith is seen as a star, uh, first round pick at linebacker. Um, and we talked about him a little bit in the preseason because he had that trade request. He's in the middle of contract negotiations, all that kind of stuff. Um, really, really talented player. He's made a bunch of plays in his career. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people wanted to trade for him here. I think just because from a finances standpoint, that's about the only reason it didn't make sense, which is pretty good reason to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, now you got to play him and he is, he's really special in terms of the things that he can do at that linebacker position. And it does seem like they do set him up to make some plays. Unlike how we talked about the commander's defense is really set up for the defensive line to make plays. They certainly do things where Roquan Smith gets to go and, you know, whether it's setting him up in coverage or setting him up against the run, like he's, he's in a lot of ways, the focal point of that front seven. Yeah. You know, so I haven't watched him specifically in the same way that I've watched Eddie Jackson. Usually I do that, like, you know, kind of defensive guys one day, but just because of the, the, uh, the truncated week, it's tough. But I, I will say the thing that jumped out to me was I, he was not as athletic as I thought he was. He's a little bit stiffer than I thought he was. So he's a guy again, like everyone's like, Oh, you got to pay these middle linebackers all this money. 
he's not he's not like a great coverage player to my eye. I still got to watch more. That's the disclaimer. What is today? Wednesday. Um, yeah. Got to watch more. But um, but you know, I think he's to me linebacker is maybe the most overrated position in the NFL. Like, and I know that's that's a big swing seemingly, but it's just they're 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 impactful in the run game, sure. They're a liability in coverage, oftentimes, and it's kind of the same thing with this group too, right? If you can take exploit, like he's a good football player. I'm not saying he's a bad football player, right. but he's not going to match up well against a, a good tight end or uh, a slot receiver, and that's what I'm going to try and find in in this matchup is to get that done. So, you know, I think he's a good football player. Like you said, I think he's leading the team in tackles at the moment. Yeah, I mean, um, so, he's, he had some monster games. He uh, yeah. he had 16 tackles in their win over Houston. Uh, he had 10 against the Giants. He had 11 against Green Bay. Like he had set, you know, he had nine with seven being solo tackles against uh, against the Niners in Week One. Uh, so he's he's a guy who's around. He's got a pick on the year. Um, you know, he's 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 yeah. very productive. Um, sure, but pr- productivity. You know, I was the here when Zach Brown led the NFL in tackles and had a bad year. So uh, those two things don't always always go hand. Yeah, and again, like I got to watch more, but also like those teams, like uh, Houston, Green Bay, uh, uh, the Giants, they're running the football a lot, and I think yeah. that's where he is. He is dynamic in that area, right? He's good at taking on blocks. He's physical. He's a good tackler, right? So that's going to show up there. I'm talking yeah. more as like a coverage player, which is a little right. bit harder to evaluate based on their system. So here would be, and obviously this will intersect with uh, talking about their front four as well, but um, if I'm game planning this week and I'm Scott, I actually, and like I think people that listen to me on the radio and listen to this podcast know I am not Mr. Run the Ball. Uh, I am like, this is not how you move the football in 2022 NFL. Right. I you strategically use the run intermixed with a lot of short passing game and like letting your quarterback cook on first and second down because you get easier looks and then your entire playbook is open and yada, yada, yada. Given some of the things that you've talked about um, with like Eddie Jackson in, in the mm. run game and, you know, also just the reality of what's on the other side. Like this is a big Ron Rivera head coaching. I see the big picture week. Mm. Like offensively, as we'll talk about, the Bears are not very good. They're not They're potent. Not they are good. not talented. Yeah. Uh, they are not like there is no way they're scoring 30 points. So I am okay running the ball a lot more and trying to just go, hey, if we need to throw it, we'll get there. But I want to establish the run. Like I'm not scared that the game's going to get away from us. Sure. And so Roquan Smith becomes a really important player sure. mm-hmm. because you're probably going to put him in those situations more. And you know, obviously, can your linebackers get up off the double teams, or you know, can your can your receivers crack back? However, it is on whatever get your tight ends obviously become huge in this on any given play. Whoever's supposed to block Roquan Smith, like he does, become an important player. The way I would game plan it this week if I was Scott Turner, because I'm probably going, especially after last week you only run it 12 times with running backs like I'm trying to get back to the running game this week as long as Brian Robinson's up for it I know he came out of the game pretty sore because he hadn't taken contact in a while right. um, but assuming like he's up for it that Gibson and McKissick are ready to go um, Williams is probably out uh, with the knee injury he picked up in the last game um, but I, he does become a more important player probably because of the game plan yeah and I think I you know it's interesting I agree with what you're saying I think um you know you want to take shots on first and second down especially if they're going to be in this cover three like with the safety down to the line of scrimmage play action should be really good because you know they're playing an eight-man front they're gonna um they're, they're those guys Brisker um Jackson if they're in there they're going to be fit in the run so take advantage of that but also I, I agree I think this game is not going to be a high scoring affair much like Tennessee where it affords you the opportunity to run the football more 
I, I will say what I'm kind of focused on is offensive efficiency this week, right? I think one mm-hmm. of the things that they really had a hard time le- with last week was staying on the field. You mentioned 12 runs. I think they only had 40, what was it, 48 plays or something like that before the last drive, something like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but not that's not a lot of plays, basically, is what I'm saying. And the only way you're going to be able to get that, the, the, the touch total higher is if you're more efficient on third down. So what is your first and second down plan to make sure you're in manageable third down situations? And I know we've talked about this a lot, but this is a critical, critical juncture for this team, right? Because like you said, they are not going up against Tom Brady or, you know, the greatest show on turf or whatever it is. They're going up against the Chicago Bears who are, we're going to talk about them in a minute, but they're gross on offense. You know what I mean? They're <laughs> gross. So just make sure we're efficient. We're holding the football we're, we're, we're sustaining drives. Let's see if we can get some eight, nine, ten play drives in there. And whatever that takes, what, if that's RPOs, if that's screens, if that's bubble passes, it's, if that's quick game, whatever that element is, let's find that this week and execute at a really high level. That's right. my thought. It doesn't need to be running the football, but you need to find something right. that insulates the offensive line a little bit. Let's Carson make clean decisions, which, you know, if we go back to the Dallas game, he was having a hard time with the quick game stuff, seemingly. So right. what what iteration of of play are you calling? And I think the run game is great, but you will be going against heavy runs, heavy, heavy boxes. And obviously you mentioned Smith as being a tremendous run player. Like, I agree with that. That's going to be tough sledding. Their interior defensive line is pretty good. There's no, like, big name in there, but they're solid players. Their edge players are solid. Like, there's no, like, wow, this guy's yeah, on Robert Quinn team. was amazing in his prime, but he's been playing forever. Yeah. What year is Robert Quinn in? They're is him he in year 102? Him and Ryan are the same year, so this would be 11 or 12. Wow, I feel terrible. Robert Quinn is my age. He's 32 years old. He was picked in 2011. I just called him ancient, and he's yeah. literally the same. He's younger than me. He's he was born it, three months after me. Uh, football, Logan, I'm having a crisis. Football's dog years, though, so he, yeah. he is old for a football player, for sure. But yeah. So what I'm saying is, is whatever is he the, that... Here, here would be at home. Sorry, just quick trivia, yeah. Robert Quinn. Is he the last uh, active St. Louis Ram? Oh, my gosh. I wonder. That's a great question. Drafted to St. Louis. Yeah. There's got to be... I guess There's it wasn't that somebody. long ago. There's got to be a couple more. But anyway, right, sorry, continue. Pretty tight, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, my point is, if it's running the football, great. But also finding creative ways to run the football. Like, you've been you've been on your soapbox for a long time about getting Curtis Samuel touches. And when I watch the 49ers game, they just did such a good job, man. They get nickel response by the defense. They motion Curtis in the backfield. It's a light box. They have essentially 21 personnel in the game. They have a run drawn up. About, the, uh, San Francisco motions Debo. Wrong yeah, Samuel. Debo's into the backfield, yeah. right? And sorry, yeah, Debo in the backfield. And then they they kind of they scheme it up so that the back is blocking a corner, the receiver's cracking the linebacker, and they're putting guys in good matchups. And that is something that you could easily do for five plays in this game, maybe ten, if you really want to make that go. And so again, that's kind of a simple game plan way. It's hard to get that in in a short week, but you have the template in what San Francisco was doing, right? So right. let's see if you can take advantage of that. And so that would be my thought. Like, see if you can get some touches there. See, and like, let's make those good touches, not just kind of motion in the backfield and run the trap. Like, let's have a schemed run. Uh, so I think I think those are some of the thoughts. Again, if you're trying to run the football, ways to get there and the quick game stuff, the screen stuff, and then taking advantage of play pass and like keeper game on first and second down, I think is going to be huge too. Because Carson seems to have a good grasp of that. 
And so can you maximize him in that area? Right. No, that's that's great stuff. And by the way, because um, the last the last drive was 18 plays against Tennessee. Uh, I just pulled it up. Uh, so they ran 58 total plays, subtract 18. That means going to that final drive, they had run 40 plays. Now, part of that is they get a 75-yard touchdown, one-play drive. Uh, but 40 plays? That's tough. Yikes. So, yikes. again, everyone's like, they, they didn't run the ball, they didn't run the ball, but holy cow, man, you only had 40 plays? You, you, yeah, he that, didn't do much of anything. <laughs> right. So I think, um, and obviously defense needs to play. And that's what happens when you play teams like Tennessee. The same thing's going to happen when you play Chicago. They run the ball a ton. The game's a little bit shorter. So you got to make sure you take advantage of your offensive possessions because you're not going to get that many of them, unlike when you play Philadelphia or whoever. Yeah. Um, on the injury front, should uh, likely know Dotson again. Um, we'll see. Uh, obviously, we're recording this. We, we told you with the coffee. Uh, this is it's, it's about 930 on Wednesday morning. Hey, you got coffee too there? Or you sip it on water. He's a water coach. All right. Hydrating. Logan's, Logan's just getting his hydration game <laughs> proper. Uh, it's about 930 on Wednesday morning, so we have not gotten the final injury report. That will come out this afternoon, uh, but not expected to have good news on, on Jahan, but also Logan Thomas. Uh, it was DNP in practice yesterday, so oh, really? very likely without him for the second straight week. Well, on that point, I will say that your guy Cole Turner did a nice job, you know, and I think Armani did a nice job and Bates did a nice job. So that while that is a big, so why, let me ask you a question: Then why didn't they have catches? Bates Bates had a couple. He really stacked yeah. him in the line, the final drive. But like, I know Kurt, or Cole was was targeted a couple times. Yeah. I don't feel like Armani was. If they're doing the right things, like what's going to take to get the ball in their hands? Is it just more plays? So I think it's more plays and getting comfortable. Like uh, early on, there was a ball on a spot play to Cole where it was probably a PI like I went back and watched it a couple of times the defenders early also Carson's a little bit late you know just getting that chemistry back mm -hmm. with that guy there's a ball batted on a shallow cross which would have been a big play for Cole um and again there was another one over the ball where he probably should catch it but the guys kind of tackle him so I think as he gets more comfortable you'll see those plays also on the uh fourth and five fourth and four whatever that was uh he beats his man in one-on-one -on -one coverage and probably should get a ball there. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not the quarterback. I'm not the quarterback coach, but when you're one-on-one right. -on -one with the safety and you win that way ball. So I think those touches will come. Obviously there's an overthrow in a corner, right? Yeah. So I think there's just working through some stuff and that some of that stuff is on Carson. Some of that stuff is on them not having played together for a while, but I like how aggressive he was. He was very, you could tell he was very motivated and very competitive, just like Armani is every week. And then Bates was great in the run game. So, well, I know the name of Logan Thomas seems like a big loss, and it is. Yeah, the, those two young guys are playing hard, hard physical football, and I don't think it's going to be quite the the step back that people might think. Yeah, uh, if here's the if on that, uh, not to push back on anything you said, but no. just like if Carson's comfortable throwing to them, right? right? He, he right. trusts Logan. Can he trust these young guys? Um, in the same way that like in the goal line situation, if it's Jahan, even though he's a young guy, like he's, that's his guy, that's um, his guy. and he doesn't throw Dax on, on second down. And it's like, it's, if you just read it out, it's probably there. So hopefully, hopefully Carson can do that. And the coaches can get through to him. Like, Hey, just it's, it's the Jersey and it's the same one you're wearing. <laughs> throw, throw it, throw it, buddy.